0: All right, so we're, we're continuing on this theme of while we wait, and Joel did a great job last week kicking us off with that, and this series is all about how we should live while we wait until Jesus returns, yeah? Exciting times. I'm a bit like, don't come too soon, there's a few other things that I'd like to do, but ultimately, yeah, it'd be awesome if you can come. Come. So we have no idea when Jesus is going to return, but we're living in the times that, you know, we can read our Bible and we know it says he's coming back. So therefore we're living in the end times, yeah? yeah. So we're waiting for his return. And today I'm going to look at the parable of the faithful and unfaithful servant. So let's kick straight into it and we're going to read Matthew 24:45 to 51. So it's going to come up on the screen. So this is a parable of the faithful and unfaithful servant. And it says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servant and to eat and drink with drunkards. Drunkards? Drunkards? (laughs) The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour when he is not aware of him. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Sounds like a great place to go to. (laughs) All right, so there's a pretty uh, extensive little parable there, and there's a lot in there, but I believe there's two things that God really wants to speak to us about today. And these two things are knowing your purpose and keeping your eye on the prize. So these two things, I really believe that God wants to recharge in our hearts. It's things that we've heard before, but I really believe strongly that God wants to just bring that out in us this morning. So we need to know our purpose and we need to keep our eye on the prize. So there's not a single person that has ever existed that God is not aware of, that was not purposed for this life. There's not a single person that's ever lived past or present that God didn't know about. That was an accident, yeah? Do you agree with me? You can say amen. 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 All right. So God's heart is to be connected with people, yeah So God has known everybody, and God wants to be connected with everyone. He wants to be in relationship with people. So there is not a person that was an accident. You know sometimes you hear about parents saying, "Oh, it was a surprise. <laughs> we had this extra kid, and they were a surprise. But you know they're not an accident to God. And even if you today, you were a surprise to your parents, you weren't an accident. God knew that you were going to exist, yeah? And God has a plan and a purpose for each and every person that is created on this earth, yeah? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and we all know this and it gets quoted a lot, but it's so powerful. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians 2, 10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We all have something to contribute to the kingdom of God that has been ordained by God himself. So while we all have our unique giftings that outwork in different ways, We have this broader perspective of what our purpose is in the kingdom of God. And the bigger picture of what that purpose is, is to help others connect with their creator. So, you know, you think about your giftings, the bigger picture of all that is that you were created, God has a purpose for you, and your purpose is to help people connect with their creator, yeah? Yeah. You know, I think it's important and sort of, I think... The, the understanding of this sometimes comes with a bit of age and a bit of wisdom that age comes. But I think it's really important not to get hung up on the, the details of what your particular purpose is. You know, there's lots of people in this world who, I've got to find my purpose, I've got to find my purpose, what's my unique purpose? But you've got to look at the bigger picture. Your purpose is to impact the kingdom of God. Your purpose is to help people meet Jesus. And God will use your unique giftings in different ways as you open up your heart to him, as you have a clean heart before him. He will lay out opportunity before you to use your specific giftings. But you've got to have that bigger picture that my purpose is actually to impact the kingdom of God and help people connect with him. So your purpose is not actually even about you. It's amazing, hey, we're very self-focused. I'm very self-focused. I shouldn't speak for you. I'm very self-focused. But our purpose isn't actually even about us. We get so consumed by it, but it's not even about us. It's about other people. You know, our purpose is helping people find Jesus because God's interested in people. The um, pastor of Church of the Highlands um, that I've watched a few of his messages, Chris Hodges, he talks about how God is so interested in people and our focus should be on people because the only thing that goes to heaven is people. Everything else will fade away, will burn up, but people go to heaven and therefore they should be the focus for us. So our purpose is to be a lighthouse to people. You know, lighthouses shine the light out off the the land so boats don't hit the land, they, lo- they light up the surroundings. And that's our call is to be lighthouses that reflect the land, reflect Jesus, yeah? To be consistent and faithful in shining that light so people will be pointed towards where Jesus is. You know, I strongly believe that when you're working with people, you've got to remember that you're nobody's saviour. We are nobody's saviour. Jesus is their saviour. And it's our job to direct people to Jesus, not to solve people's problems, not to be their saviour, but to point them to Jesus. You know, we talk a lot about um, in church, and it was convenient because Christy did it again this morning, about taking next steps. You know, we talk a lot about taking next steps. And... You know, that's what we are to be, a lighthouse to help people take their next steps. Whatever those steps are, whether it's saying yes to Jesus, whether it's getting baptised, whether it's joining a small group, whether it's serving, whether it's overcoming addiction, whatever the next step in their life is, your purpose is to help them take their next step towards Jesus. So our call, our mission and our purpose as followers of Jesus is to help people take next steps in their life towards Jesus. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is exactly the purpose that Jesus commissioned us with before he went back to heaven. Point people to him. Yeah, it's simple, isn't it? But it's a good reminder. That's our job. That's what Jesus has commissioned us to do. Point people to him. Help them find life. Help them find freedom in Jesus. Be that lighthouse. Point people. You know, we need to look at that bigger picture. I keep saying it. Look at the bigger picture of your purpose. It's kingdom purpose. It's about directing people to their next step. And every day is filled with opportunity. Isn't that exciting? Every day is filled with opportunity. And you might say to me, well, Beck, you know, I'm stuck at home every day with kids. (laughs) Or I'm stuck at work every day. I work full time and I've got no time for anything. You know, I've got all this stuff. But you know what? Even those moments are full of opportunity. Every moment is full of opportunity. You know, every day you come into contact with people, you come into contact with your kids, your spouse, your parents, you come into contact with your friends, even your social uh, network, you know, on social media, your network there, strangers at the shops, parents at school, and the list goes on and on. Every day you come into contact with people, yeah? Does anybody go a day without coming into contact with someone? No. We all come into contact with people all the time. And God has placed you in the midst of a sphere of people around you that you have influence, that you have connection with, that you can input into. And every day that you're around those sphere of people, you are leaving an impression on their life, either a positive or a negative impression. Oh, that's a bit daunting, hey? I'm not really a morning person, so... (laughs) Those poor people in the morning, they don't get a good impression. <laughs> Ephesians five fifteen to 17 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Every day has purpose. Even with its endless mundane moments, you know, taking out the rubbish, changing nappies, feeding children, cooking dinner, taxing your children around, studying, working. In all these mundane moments, there is still opportunity. Have you heard the term now? this I always feel like I'm so old when I come out with these terms. Some, some of you will go, just raise your hand if, you, if you've heard this term because it'll make me feel better about myself you heard the term, it's a Kodak moment? <laughs> yeah, oh, good. Because when I grew up, you know, I, I like these terms. When I grew up, <laughs> we used to have film in our camera and we used to say if something was worth taking a photo, you'd say, it's a Kodak moment, you know, capture that moment. And I think probably today you should say it's an Instagram moment. Or is there a term and I'm so old I've missed the new term? I say, oh, it's a selfie moment. But what if you want a picture of something else? That's not really a... S- Oh, you have to get your face. instaworthy. worthy So, there is a word. See, I'm getting old. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to call it a Kodak moment just because it's going to roll off my head a bit easier. But, you know, those Kodak moments, they they're like flashes in our life of memorable moments. They're like just, you know, seemingly great moments. And you can put those Kodak moments up on your social network... And it seems like your life is awesome, hey? You know, you can put up a front and you can have these moments, which back when I was growing up, you know, they just used to sit in a photo album. (laughs) Now we put them up and I'm as guilty as anyone, don't worry. Um, But we put these moments up and if someone looks at that, they they might think, oh, their life's perfect, everything's wonderful. But we know that's not true, isn't it? Because you can... Present this image of yourself and people will have a view that, oh, their kids are perfect or their life's perfect or, you know, jeez, you show pictures of being on a beach in X mouth and it's like <laughs> their life is so peaceful and relaxing. <laughs> but we know they're just moments, aren't they? They're just moments in our life and amongst those Kodak moments, there's a lot of Pretty ordinary moments, isn't there? There's a lot of nappy changes. There's a lot of dishes to be washed, you know. And so not all our moments are Kodak moments, but all our moments are full of opportunity. And if you look close enough in those moments, in those mundane moments, they are actually quite amazing because it's in the mundane moments that our character is built. It's in the mundane moments where we have great influence in people's lives as they watch us deal with those mundane moments, as they watch us as we carry ourselves and uh, work out what we say out of our mouth, they watch in those mundane moments. So don't be fooled to think the grass is greener on the other side, because the grass is always greener where you water it. That's the truth, isn't it? Come on, give me an Amen. <laughs> All right, so if we understand that our purpose is to help people find life in Jesus, there's things that we can do to avoid distractions and keep our eye on the prize. I like that, keep our eye on the prize. You've got to keep your eye on the prize because, you know, we can be sure that distractions are to come But our prize is in heaven. Our prize is in here. While we can enjoy this life, we've always got to be looking to the future, looking to the bigger picture that our prize is actually in heaven. And so you've got to keep your eye on that and avoid distractions. But we can be sure that distractions are going to come our way. Because we, like any other time in history, are surrounded by distractions and time robbers ...that are so just easy to consume. We could literally spend hours staring into a screen... ...with endless entertainment that literally never ends. You know, I was taking um, my son to swimming lessons during the week... ...and I was having one of those conversations with him, you know... ...like back in my day, I don't even know how we got onto it. But I was trying to explain to him that when I was growing up... ...we didn't have dedicated channels to kids programs 24-7, I was like, what? I was like, you know, we used to get out on a Saturday morning and we used to watch cartoons and video clips and that was exciting because it wasn't on at other times, you know, and he can flick a switch and there's Netflix 24-7, there's ABC2 almost 24-7, like there's just endless channels. I was trying to explain to him, you know, we only had like three channels, it's a foreign concept, <laughs> you know, and we didn't have the internet as, you know, the internet was kind of there but it wasn't as accessible as it is now. You know, you can pick up an iPad and, you know, kids' YouTube. Like, that's just endless entertainment. I was trying to explain to him that I just didn't have that growing up and I think it just went right over his head. But anyway, it was a good mum rant. <laughs> I like a good mum rant. <laughs> If we look at Matthew 6.22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. You know, we need to be careful that. If we are flooding ourselves constantly and flooding our eyes and our minds with all this stuff we've got access to, it will have an effect on our focus and where our focus goes. You know, and I love a good Netflix binge. So... I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying it's got to be in perspective. I won't tell you how long it took me to get through six seasons of a show. <laughs> but it's not good. <laughs> but we have, to, we have to have the focus, don't we? You know, we, we've got all these things. We can enjoy all these things. But we've got to make sure it's not a distraction from our focus. Because like I said before, our home, our reward and our hope... Is in heaven. Yeah. Our life here, enjoy it. It's there to be enjoyed. But it's not everything. Colossians 3 2 says, set your minds on things above, and not on earthly things. So I've got some keys for you. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> keys for keeping your focus. And these are really simple. It's how I roll, really simple. Alright, key number one spend time with your creator. And Joel talked a lot about that last week. Um, And it's the basics of Christianity. You've got to connect with your God. You've got to spend time with your God. Key number two, build prayer and reading your Bible into your daily routine. Make it as important as your cup of coffee in the morning. You know, you've got to build that in. You've got to make it as vital as that piece of chocolate or that coffee that you've just got to have it. And like I said before, we live in a saturated digital age. And with this comes a positive as well, because we have access to things like podcasts. We have access to music, you know, worship music on YouTube. You have access to books. You have access to devotionals. You know, use that stuff and get into it, because there's so much out there that you can draw on that's going to increase your uh, connection with God. And doing these things is what the Bible talks about when it says renew your mind. It's actually talking about these things. It's talking about focusing on God, connecting with God and uh, constantly coming back to him. You know, Romans twelve two says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing pleasing and perfect will. So when you take time to connect with your creator, it shifts your perspective from a horizontal perspective to a vertical perspective. So suddenly you can see things in a different light as to when you're just eyeing off all these problems, all these things you've got to do. When you connect with God, you start to see it from a different perspective. It fuels you, it recalibrates you and it focuses you on to what's important. So if we're going to avoid distraction and if we're going to keep our eye on the prize, we need to keep constantly connecting with God who's going to give us that focus and that perspective. Yeah? Amen? All right. I want to share with you this. I was reading a thing during the week along this topic. And uh, it was uh, something that Rick Warren, who's also an American pastor, should probably find some Australian pastors to read this stuff. But he was showing this example of um, a dog training, dog obedience training. Has anybody ever done dog obedience training? Uh, I kind (laughs) of... The vet's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want a dog, but I just don't want to do the dog obedience training. So uh, we don't have a dog. (laughs) But anyway, it's talking about how when you do dog obedience training... Um, they put uh, a dog in a room at one side of the room and they put their owner at the other side of the room. Don't tell me if this is wrong. Just go with it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and they put a bowl of food in the middle and they train the dog. So the dog's over this side, the owner's on that side and the bowl of food's in the middle and they, they uh, get the dog trying to obviously listen to its owner over wanting to go for the food. Now, if the dog eyes off the food, every time it'll go f- straight for the food, it's like, it's a dog, it wants to eat, yeah? I used to have a Labrador, they, all they do is eat. So, if this dog looked at the food, it'd go for the food. So, what they did was they trained the dog not to look at the food, but to look at the master's eyes. So, instead of focusing on that, they had the dog train to only look at its owner's eyes. Because if it looked at the owner's eyes, it wasn't distracted by the food and therefore would go to the owner and follow its instructions. Clever, hey? Sometimes I feel like we need that kind of <laughs> that training. So to d- avoid distractions... <laughs> some heckling in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> um, to avoid distractions like this from our purpose... <laughs> We need to keep our eyes on God, just like the dog. You know, keep, it, keep your eyes on God and then you'll avoid the distractions. And I'm not saying don't enjoy life because I watch Netflix, I go on Facebook, you know, I enjoy these things in life, but we've got to keep our eye on our master, yeah? We've got to keep our eye on our God and we've got to put his purposes above those pleasures, yeah? So John 10 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. God wants you to have a good life. God wants you to enjoy things, but he also wants you to keep your eye on the prize, keep your focus on him. So now the area that has potential to feed your purpose or rob your purpose is the influences that are you positioning in your life. Ooh. Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, by the way, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. It's interesting, isn't it? That's quite powerful. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So I want you to ask yourself these questions. So close your eyes if you want and ask yourself these questions. Who are the loudest influences in your life right now? Now, are they encouraging your purposes? Or are they distracting you from your purposes? It's a good question to ask yourself, isn't it? Who am I placing around myself in my life and are they encouraging me in my purposes or are they distracting me from my purposes? The loudest voices in your life, the loudest influences in your life should be the ones that are pointing you to Jesus. And when I say the loudest, I mean we are influenced all the time by everybody around us, but we allow people to have a bigger say in our life than others. We take on board what some people say more than others, don't we? You know, I always have in my life a few people um, who are solid in their faith, who are trustworthy, who have integrity and who I know have my best interests in heart and who love Jesus. I always have a few people in my life who I will let them speak heavily into my life. So I'll listen to all sorts of voices in my life, but there will be a few people that I'll listen to more than others and they will be proven, trustworthy, integral lovers of Jesus. And I'll allow them, I'll be really open with them, I'll allow them to come up to me and say, you know what, you're wrong on this or you, know, you shouldn't be doing that and I'll be open to that and really take that on board. I'll allow these people to speak that into my life. I'll allow them to encourage me. I'll allow them to correct me. And I'll also seek them out for their opinion on things that I need an opinion on. They will be the people that I go to. I won't be running around to every person going, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'll have a few loud voices in my life that I know will help me make the right choice. And I'll be accountable to them. I want to ask you, do you have these people in your life? Do you have a few people in your life that are the loudest voices, that have your best interests at heart, that love Jesus, that will help you in your walk? Or are you listening to everybody around you? You know, if you don't have that, I encourage you to actively seek that in your life, to have those loudest voices be rock-solid people that love Jesus, that are going to help you in your life take your next steps so that you can fulfill your purpose to help other people take their next steps yeah you know if you don't have that a great place to start is in a small group because in a small group you can build trust with people you can build relationship with people and you can be vulnerable with those people so if you don't have that start there it's a good start So to wrap things up, I've got some take-homes for you. You ready? (laughs) All right. Take-home one, you have a purpose in this life and it's a kingdom purpose to help people take their next steps towards Jesus and to live for eternity and not just now. Take-home two is every day is full of opportunity even in the mundane moments. Take home three is keep your eye on the prize and avoid distractions. Four, connect with your creator daily. Make sure you're connecting with him and position yourself to succeed with people who will cheer you on and help you grow. How's that sound? Good? All right, let's pray.